2: I love that sound this is a good one good morning holy shit it's good to hear your voice it has been a minute Man, four or five it's this this, <laughs> this hunting season uh, presented some challenges Put it that way. Nick finally got back on the horse because he's back from Canada. He was busy as fuck. So we didn't have any waterfall Wednesdays going on. The only thing that was going on is my little stupid football Oh, yeah, yeah. So, right, right. Yeah. The, 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 villages, the villagers were getting restless. I was getting
1: messages. Uh, and, and since I knew that we were going to be talking soon, I thought I should brush up. So I actually listened to the podcast with the adventurous just I just, mm. just listened to that
2: sweet and any input
1: uh, that, um not really I mean fully behind it like that's just one of my favorite things to do is just introduce or expose people into the outdoors and that's what she's getting into and that's awesome
2: yeah that's yeah exactly I'm, I'm right there with you it's that's kind of what I want to use this my platform for to springboard or potentially springboard other people or at least give them you know do what I can, you know, um, modestly to give them a, you know, well, just that, uh, a platform, a microphone, a, a megaphone. Right, to get right. Get the word out that they're doing something in the outdoor space so they can get out of their miserable 9-to-5 job, you know.
1: And hopefully that works out with, uh, I think you had a young a young girl, maybe her name was Chloe, who kind of wanted to be the next Laura Shara. Yep, yeah,
2: yep, yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: You know, hopefully, hopefully those two can connect and,
2: and, uh, hopefully that will works out. I need to follow up on that and see if uh, they've made contact. Oh, okay, okay. I have not done. But that you before. did your part, right? Like sure, sure. But I can still follow up. I mean, just follow up out yeah, yeah. of okay, curiosity, okay. like yeah, like, right. See if see if they've taken the reins. So right on. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, where are you? What part of the country? Where in the world is Philip Schmidt?
1: <laughs> Fildo. Fildo, Fildo is one of yeah. Fildo <laughs> is one of my old nicknames. Where uh, I never, world? I never like it started in high school. Yeah, yeah, and I, I never liked it, but it I can stuck. See that.
2: Where's Fildo? Yeah, there you go.
1: Um, anyways, um, yeah, I'm in Kansas. I'm uh-huh. in Kansas right now, heading to
2: Phoenix. I'll carry um, on, my wayward son.
1: Yeah, we have many topics because we haven't talked in a while. One is deer hunting, which we don't do. I mean, but I do I, have I some do. experience with it, and you, oh, wait, you, you do have more I, than experience with it? Like, you actually do it, per, like, you pursue deer then?
2: I, I do. Uh, it's it's down my list of priorities, but I do uh, bow hunt. I don't rifle hunt, um, although maybe I should.
0: <laughs> my well, success okay,
2: rate's so not great, but.
1: The bow hunting thing is more interesting to me. Like, if two people, or if somebody walks up and say, I hunt deer, my first question is bow or gun. Yeah. Just because just bow hunters, it's just more involved. There's more commitment,
2: more time. It becomes more of an obsession. It becomes more. Um, you know, I don't. I actually don't want to throw shade on anybody that rifle hunts at all. Because, no, not at all. Um, right, right. Quite honestly, if 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 you uh, like, I think ethically, at least in the realm of putting down an animal as quick as possible with the least amount of suffering, I would say gun. For sure, is your way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you personally want to be more connected um, with the pursuit of taking game, I think bow hunting is where it's at. You got to get up close yes. and personal. You need to be a little more tune with your quarry. Um, it's not. It's just not as easy as you know, and some people don't have access to this either, but it's not as easy as, you know, setting up food plots and cutting shooting lanes and, you know, but, but that in and of itself, that whole like food plot, managing your land, like people can go full dork on that too, and get really, really scientific about it. Um, so that can become a specialist thing too. But I think your average member of the orange army, you know, goes out to the same place, sits in the same stand, um, And there's nothing wrong with that either. It's just that it's what you choose to do. But for me... They're both awesome. They're both awesome. It's just different versions of awesome. Correct. For me, I'm somewhat of a masochist. So I like choose the hardest way possible to do pretty much anything. So yeah, it's archery for me. And if I can do it on public land, even better yet. It's just, it's the challenge for me. And you can legally use a crossbow now? You can. And that is a point of contention among many of bow hunters. For sure. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see if there's any, um, you know, it's – I I wasn't for it. I wasn't a big fan of it, um, but I'm not going to sit there and throw a tantrum and throw wet clumps of dirt and uh, the whole world's going to piss. It's like, all right, well, now it's a thing, so let's see what happens, you know. Um, Obviously, there's going to be an uptick in um, archery harvest, but at least in Minnesota, like, you can still only shoot one buck regardless. So if you punch a buck tag with your archery equipment, you're done chasing bucks. It doesn't matter. The rifle season can come and go. The muzzle loader season can come and go. You're only ever getting that one deer. So if maybe some so, of these gun hunters so, have switched to crossbows, there might actually be less people in the woods during the firearm season.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We'll just go, so we'll in Minnesota... So in
1: Minnesota, under any circumstances, you're only allowed to take one buck a a year.
2: Correct. Unless you're in a oh. CWD zone, then you can take more. I think it's up to three. Oh, or something okay, like okay. That. Gotcha. Yeah. But that's pretty. I mean, that's a. Those are isolated Small. areas. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, it's it's one buck a year, so no matter what. No matter which tag you use, it's like you can't take a you can't tag a buck with your archery tag, and then you can't you know oh now I can go hunting with my firearms tag and tag a buck then oh I'm gonna get a muzzy tag and tag a buck then no nope. what you it's one got two, it one and done, no matter how you get it you only get one. Now you can shoot multiple does depending on what zone you're in, but so I don't what point being we're just gonna have to wait till we do this for a few years and look at the numbers. You know, I do know at least anecdotally from what I've heard of my other bow hunting friends that it's like, yeah, there's a few more trucks at the you know public hunting parking spots because of the uh, what do they call them horizontal bows versus vertical bows. So okay, um, you know, just to, But I don't know. I don't. I don't like restricting people's access. You know, I don't. I don't like gatekeeping of any kind unless it can be demonstrated that it has a negative overall impact on the population then in which case you know if they start reducing if they start reducing uh allocations because we have so many few deer well then maybe there's a problem but right now we have an overabundance deer in almost every part of the state except for this part of the state i live in um yeah, where I'm at, it's bu- it's bucks only. Well, north of the one highway, that, and I live just north of that highway. It's bucks only, and to the south, you have to. It's a lottery for a for a doe. So, okay. Um, but most of the state is there's deer everywhere. So they, I think that was part of the DNR's motivation to change that was they just they want to see more harvest in general. I mean, they would prefer to see more doe harvest than buck harvest for sure. Right. So, And that's a whole nother conversation that we could have about um, there's like some states have had like an earn a buck program like you can't shoot a buck until you shoot a doe because too many people sit there and they'll pass does because the conventional wisdom which actually doesn't bear out scientifically but um, in fact it could be quite the opposite that people are sitting there and like well I don't want to shoot these does because I want the bucks during the rut to be chasing these does but what actually happens if you thin that doe herd out, that buck has to travel farther and wider and more often to find does and increases the chance that he's going to walk past your blind during daylight hours. So it actually behooves you to shoot a doe. But I can see I can see the logic, you know, why it would make sense to some people. Like, no, I want to leave all those, you know, it's like baiting basically. Like, no, I want to leave all them live decoys out there for that buck. But you have to think he has so many choices actually less likely he's going to come in front of you but yeah no i know a thing or two about i know just enough to sound like i know what i'm talking about but i don't (laughs) (laughs) well
1: you know way more than i do so things have changed in the deer hunting world so much since i was last into it the last year i went i would say would be 2000 or 2001 that was the year before I started Goosebusters Guide Service. So I, and it just so happened that I shot the biggest buck of my life that year. So that wasn't a bad way to end it,
2: you know? Sure. Um, it's probably bigger than my biggest buck. I don't, my biggest buck is like a little basket seven. I think like it's not, okay. I don't have um, anything impressive.
1: Um, it was, it was, it was a nice nine pointer. It it was pure luck. I mean, okay. So here's the thing. So, um, My entire deer hunting history is all in the shotgun zone. And way back then, you got two seasons. Either you hunt the A season, which is Saturday and Sunday, or you get the B season, which is Saturday, which would be the following weekend. I think it's Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And that's it. And you you don't get to hunt both deer, both seasons. You only get to hunt one season. Mm. You know, so you buy and so you have a very. And also back then, there weren't deer around, man. Right. Like it was tough. Like I meant I went many years without actually seeing a deer, and I I was committed. You know, like I would sit from first light to last light. Like I would fall asleep in the deer stand.
2: Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, lucky and, I didn't fall out. And that's actually why. It's a little bit of a misconception, and and they've been trying to get rid of that shotgun zone for a few years now, and they keep being met with resistance because the narrative, the false narrative that's floating around there is that while it's so wide open, it's it's too dangerous to have rifles.
1: Yeah, like safety. So where the shotgun zone is is where the human population and all the housing, they're thickest. So you increase the chances if you have bullets that travel forever, you increase the chances of – them you know hitting something they're not supposed to
2: well that that's that's kind of the urban legend around it but that is not the motivation for the shotgun zone when you if you look back at when they enacted that law in that zone it had everything to do with what you just said prior that there weren't any deer around it was a way to limit harvest because they're not as effective so yes. it, it had nothing to do with public safety because in those same zones, as well it, as you know probably more than most, you can use whatever rifle you want for coyotes. It yeah, right. Matter. So it's not a public right, right. safety thing. Yes, statewide. Statewide. It doesn't matter. And and even if you go, with, well, there's more people there. um Sure, it does encompass the Twin Cities area, but you can't shoot a rifle in the Twin Cities area anyways. Correct. And the line is basically, well, I don't know where the line is, like in the western part of the state, but I know the line kind of where I used to live is right there, basically um, right around Stacey North Branch, somewhere in there, where just north there you can use rifles, and just south there you can use shotguns. And let me tell you, the cul-de-sacs that are popping up on either side of that zone don't fall under the, you know, under the risk factor of, well, there's too many houses. It's not like they're like, how many houses per mile or per county make it a rifle zone versus make it a shotgun zone. Bottom line is, that was never the motivation, That's but now people just have it wrong, so they argue against that. And I think, honestly, it's probably people that are just against hunting in general that are probably okay. popping off the most. Um, but, yeah, they're they've been trying to change that and just make it, you know just drop the um, shotgun zone in general because a lot of those areas now do have an overpopulation of deer so if the reason you had a shotgun zone in the first place was to limit harvest and now you don't want to limit harvest it stands to reason then all you have to do is drop the shotgun part let people use mm-hmm. the 7mm if they want and reach out a little bit farther right so, I don't, you, know, you still don't want to shoot at houses. You still, you know, you still got to wear your blaze orange. Like all the firearm safety rules still apply. I mean, I don't. It, it, you get tangled up in the weeds. The bottom line is never was about that, and it's not about that. So it's time to get rid of it. And I don't even hunt down there, but it's just oh, sure, sure. I don't like things that are illogical, <laughs> like yeah, not yeah. to derail us too much, but like the hen restriction on the most populated duck on the planet oh yeah yeah that's a good one it's the dumbest fucking thing ever <laughs> the only thing it's good for the only thing it's good for is writing tickets that's it. yeah I was gonna say revenue mm-hmm. that's what it's good for that's it I mean I guess it forces people to brush up on their identi- I, um, identifying on the wing skills but <sighs> like you're not saving the planet with that I mean it just doesn't make any sense I don't want to go right. down that tangent people have heard that too many times but um, sure anyways there's there's my tirade on that. Um, I don't know where to go from there. So there's deer hunting. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, it sounds like going off of just social media uh, pretty mixed results for the Minnesota opener that was this past weekend gun Gun opener. Um, I saw some people punch tags and I saw some people complaining they didn't see anything, which I think is pretty average that's gonna happen the biggest complainers as far as not seeing deer are the ones in the northern part of state where there are wolves, lots of wolves. Um, and that's a valid, that's a valid gripe. The state Up risk- by where you live, are you getting any
1: sighting sounds or sign of, of wolves? Oh yeah. Wolves so are, oh
2: yeah, everywhere.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It's was. awesome to me because I'm a predator hunter and I want very, very badly. I want them to reopen
2: Oh, yeah. The wolf
1: restriction. But but every everyone does, except for. People that don't hunt. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the two people who have the authority to decide, you know, it's they're the like, no, no, it's no the blue dots, season. And this is a problem yeah, that you yeah. run into
2: when. The blue dot. A, that's a good way to describe it. Fish and wildlife rules are determined by populace. That's a problem because mm-hmm. the people with the loudest voice are the most disconnected. From Fish and Wildlife, they should have the. Their vote should count the least, in my opinion. Like, what do you? You, should, you need to pass a twenty-question quiz on wildlife, oh, there we go. habitat, and conversation you quiz, before your, your you can vote, vote counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it'll just be simple. It won't even have, won't even be stuff that has to do with actual hunting. It's like straight um, conservation. Like, um, when is the deer rut? How many, you know, um, when do turkey breed? Uh, what is the preferred forage of X? Um, you know, like nature type stories, because Mm -hmm. my biggest, um, I can say biggest, but one of the points I like to bring up when you get in an argument with somebody who is a self-professed animal lover, my analogy is I use like the, the sports analogy, to to call yourself an animal lover but know nothing of the animal that you're talking about, I don't know how you could possibly be an animal lover. You're you're the lover of the idea of the animal. Sure. But you don't really love the animal. Whereas a hunter knows everything about that that creature. They know what its shit looks like. They know what it smells like. They know what it likes to eat. They know when it breeds. They know how it breeds. They know how many kids it has. Like they know everything about it. Yeah, so when a
1: lot of these people are saying that they love animals, what they or when they say they love deer, what they really mean is, I love the movie Bambi. Ex-
2: pretty much, pretty much. And so the, the analogy I like to use, it's like I, like, I am a huge football fan. I'm like the biggest football fan because I think Tom Brady's hot. Now, I don't know what position he plays. I don't know how the game is scored. I, I don't even know what team he plays for right now, oh, or if yeah. he's even playing. But I am the biggest football fan. Ever, I love football because Tom Brady's hot. That's what sure. animal lovers are.
1: Oh, sure. <laughs> like
2: deer are beautiful. They're so majestic. I'm such an animal lover. Oh, really? When do they breed? I have no idea. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like if right. you pr- if you knew that little about the person you profess to love if you're in if you're in a relationship, that would be pretty bad. Yeah. Like I don't even know what my husband's name is. Come again? Like, look like, what? Oh yeah, I don't know where he was born. Or anything. I don't know what his favorite color is, like. <laughs> but I love him. Do you? Do you really? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just it, it's it, it becomes a virtue signal too to be able to just say I'm an animal lover and I'm so compassionate because I don't want to see animals killed. You know. But it's just it's it's willful ignorance. Basically. So there's there's my rant on that. Why you caught me on a ranting day? Apparently I needed to vent. everybody's heard me bitch about this stuff already a million times it's been a while though so you've been out there shooting some coyotes I've seen yes yes I
1: last year I had the best season of my life at 27 uh, and this year I am one or two coyotes ahead of last year already oh nice 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 you know I've got I've got seven so far this season
2: so I would think, like like you say, you're not much of a deer hunter, um, but deer and coyotes obviously share a lot of the same habitat. I assume you see a fair amount of deer when you're out looking for coyotes because you're playing the wind, I would, I'm assuming for sure.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, means that huge. deer
2: aren't going to be picking up on you either. Um, so just kind of like on accident, have you kind of picked up on some deer habits?
1: Have I picked up on some deer habits by by watching coyotes, by hunting coyotes? Okay. Um. Probably. I don't know. None, none that I'm aware of. I guess. Okay. Have I picked up on deer habits while out calling for predators? No, I don't. I don't think I have. All I. I mean, I can just tell you that there's way more. Like, I got to give credit where credit's due, um, because the deer population. Is a very tiny example of what I'm about to get into, and that's all of the critters that were around, Dale, when we were not kids. Right. All of the critters that are around now that were non existent when we were kids. For example, I will never forget where I was when I saw my first bald eagle. I will never forget where I was when I saw my first swan. Mmm. And now, you know, those were not around when we were kids. So it was a very memorable experience when I saw my first bald eagle, when I saw my first swan. We didn't have possums around. There were not sandhill cranes. There were not turkeys. And the credit that I have to give is... There were is Canada two, geese. There were not as many, not even close. No, we had to go to uh, And And ducks, too. Ducks, too. Like, all the different species of ducks that people are shooting and... A lot of these guys are not even scouting. They're just going out to their public lake, and they're having really good duck hunts, and they're shooting awesome mixed bags. Mm -hmm. So I have to give credit to the Department of Natural Resources because I don't know who else to give credit to, but I think that they're greatly responsible for the conservation and setting the laws and the limits and all that, and it's working.
0: Like, well, a big part
2: of that was the federal government, again, giving credit where credit is due, when they yeah, yeah. banned um, DDT. Like, that was the big one for eagles, ospreys, pretty much everything and down there. And there's the another one. Ospreys were never around. Right.
1: But they right. are now. And vultures, too. Like, those are things that I see basically on a daily basis, Dale. Yeah. yeah. And it They're is everywhere. incredible. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, we, we live in a great time. And I, I do think it's worth noting that yes, the wildlife it in this is country a great is doing time. very well. And that does, I mean, I know a lot of hunters like to take credit for that, um, but really it's the, uh, the rule makers that have set the laws as such because, you know, hunters are the first ones to jump on, you know, it's I'm a huntervationist, or, you know, hunters are true conservationists, and, and that is true. But if there weren't any rules, if you're being honest with yourself, how many hunters out there would be just taking everything? Yeah, right, right and I would say it's most. So there's, you know, a lot of people might not, might not like rules, have a negative view of the DNR, but they are for sure, I mean some might call them a necessary evil. I wouldn't even call them an evil. They're just they're just no, necessary. No. It's yeah, 100% sure. necessary. Now I can I can have a debate and we can discuss which rules much like the hen restriction on mallard are silly. Mm-hmm. But I'm not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater either. I'm not like, well, that's so oh, stupid. We all. just shouldn't have a DNR. Like, well, that would, I mean, that's just uh-huh. asinine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there are people like that. You know, I've been seeing lately, I've been seeing a lot of TikToks where people are basically saying, you know, it's like, oh, I have to pay to feed myself. I have to pay to catch a fish. It's like, yeah, you do. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't have any to fish. We've already seen this country do that there weren't regulations, there wouldn't be any, and this is why we have regulations, so we don't over-harvest again. We don't end up in a commercialized market for wild game. like We, we don't want to do that again. We almost made the buffalo extinct, and, and many other animals. Like No, what we have now, just like you said, is an abundance of all sorts of creatures, game and non-game alike, and that comes from setting land aside you know making refuges um and having a regulated hunting season you know i remember way back in the day uh for those who remember rush limbaugh who was like you know he was the darling of the republican party and the and the democrats hated him um, but he said something whatever your opinions are of rush limbaugh he said something i think is absolutely true It's like, if you want to save an endangered species, you should have a hunting season for it. And that might sound counterproductive, but what happens is you're going to have a small group of people that want to pursue that animal, and they're going to pour a shit ton of time and a shit ton of money in making sure that that animal is always around for them to pursue. They're going to set aside land. They're going to, you know, argue, like, we need to put more money into policing poaching. Um, it, you give that thing value. And without value, it's 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 gone. I mean, it's just like, there's no value in it just being there. Like the idea of it is not enough value to stop a logging company from destroying habitat. It's not enough value for a mining company to destroy habitat or a city to expand or whatever the thing might be. You know, it's causing crop damage. There's no value to it. Just kill that stupid thing. Leave it lie. That's what happens Mm -hmm. in Africa with with lions and elephants. You know, these people in the West and Europe and and America have this view of you know, it's, it's so terrible to kill lions or to kill elephants. It's like if you talk to people that live there nobody cries when a lion or an elephant dies. That's one less lion to eat their goats and that's one less elephant to knock over their orchard. Like, they do massive amounts of damage. And they they pose less than value to the people actually living there. So if you give those things value, now you've got rich hunters that are willing to go over there and invest a ton of money. And they like, that's their passion. They like doing that. So they're going to do everything in their power to make sure there is always some of them to pursue. They now have value. Monetary value. And that, that's what drives a lot of conversation. Uh, um, conservation. It would be nice if people just did it altruistically, but it's not realistic. It doesn't happen. Where There's nobody spending hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars in the hunting industry. People aren't spending billions of dollars to go on photo safaris. They're just not. To, okay. to go to. What you end up is you're going to have a few animals in zoos. That's what you're going to get. You're not going to get the animals in the wild. Again, there's another rant. I said you caught me on a day, man. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me in a mood. Mountain Lion sightings. Oh god, here we go. All right, let me hear your This hear. isn't another rant, is it? Oh, it will be. Oh, let really? Me, let me see. Let, go Mountain Lion sightings. Go. You give me your you give me your perspective first. I just think it's awesome. Oh, okay, good. Well, that's not I bad. just
1: think it's incredible. Like, you know, as a predator caller, I am really jealous of everyone who has had an interaction or an encounter with a mountain lion because I still haven't.
2: I've never and seen I'm one jealous. in the wild. Neither have I. I, I saw, never, I've uh, never even heard one in the wild. I saw a footprint in the sand when I was out hiking in Wyoming once, and it made me feel very small. Cause okay. I, I didn't even have a pocket knife on me. The closest thing to protection I had was a can of mosquito uh, deterrent that I found out there, thank God, because oh, I didn't so. bring any with me. And I, oh, I see. That was the most incredible thing. So I'm, we're driving through Wyoming. I, mean, I see this waterfall way off in the distance. And I said to my then wife, I was like, we should go hike up to that waterfall. She's like, yeah, so we just hop out and start hiking. I don't know why I didn't think about mosquitoes in Wyoming because it seems fairly arid, but holy crap, were there mosquitoes! And we didn't have any bug spray, and we keep watching. Is it safe to say you were in the northwest corner of the state? Uh, possibly. Well, we're where okay. mountains are, so I don't think we would be in the east. But yeah. That that'd be northwest for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be like Jackson Hole. Okay, yeah, we weren't we weren't like in like crazy tall mountains. We're kind of like in the beginning parts. We might have been around somewhere close to maybe like. um, bighorn mountains maybe okay Uh, i don't i don't remember exactly where we're at but so we start walking and and yeah we're just getting killed by bugs i swear i look down and there's a can of off just laying there We're, we're not on a trail there's no actual trail here like what are the fucking chances? I pick it up, shake it, sure as shit, there's some in there I'm like, Wow, what a gift from God that was <laughs> And then we keep walking and all of a sudden you look down and there's this patch of like loose sand and there's this huge lion track. And it's like, Oh, that's a mountain lion track and like coming from Minnesota, you don't really I don't know, for me, like, predators aren't in the back of my mind. You know, people don't generally get attacked by bears, you don't get attacked by wolves, like it's just not really right, a risk right. to, that, that's in the back of my mind. But when I saw that lion track, I immediately, like, checked my pockets. And I'm just like, I don't even have. Like, we, we just jumped out of the car to hike up to this waterfall to take a picture of it. I didn't, even, I didn't even grab a pocket knife. I had nothing but that can of off that I found. Sure. <laughs> I guess I could throw it at them or try to use it as bear spray or something. But it was interesting just the way it meant, like, that was the first time in my life in that moment I realized I am not the top predator. And that is a really weird feeling. <laughs> like it was almost like one of like those movie scenes where they like the the camera like pans out wildly like and shows you this little tiny speck in this wide open range. That's pretty much how I felt. I was like, "Holy crap." Fortunately, you know, nothing happened. Obviously, I'm still here to tell the tale. I never saw the actual cat. We walked up, got some great pictures of the uh, waterfall, and walked back. But it would be cool to see. I remember there was one that went through Minnesota, like the North Metro, uh, quite a few years ago, probably 15, not, yeah, probably 15 or so years ago. I was living in Matamita in time. I was out, speaking of bow hunting, I was, I was bow hunting, and this, the, the line was, I think, first spotted in like, Osseo or something, somewhere west metro, and then they kept it kept kind of getting spotted along the way, and that that line actually went all the way to the east coast and ended up getting killed by a car like in Massachusetts or some shit. Like the thing was just on a fucking journey, but there was all these sightings of this same line, and reading a newspaper article, and they said it went like right through, basically where, pretty much north side of uh, White Bear Lake, like right where I hunt. (laughs) And I just thought that would have been so badass to be sitting in a tree stand and then watch this lion come slinking through the woods. Dude, that would have been, God, I wish that would have happened. That would have just been so cool. But the rant about mountain lions is you hear the same stupid redneck bullshit of uh, the DNR is is denying that the state has a breeding population. I've heard that the DNR is there's a conspiracy. They're actually stalking mountain lions in an effort to get deer to get deer numbers down so low that they can cancel the hunt. <laughs> it's like I don't know where these people come up with this shit. Um, none of that is true. There's zero evidence to it. And one thread I was reading, some guy was. Um, told the story in first person, which is such bullshit because I've heard this exact story from multiple people. So people just lie, and then they actually believe their own lie. But he's like, no, I was in a cafe, and there was a DNR truck outside, and had, like, a big bear trap in the back, and there was a mountain lion in it, and these two conservation officers were inside. And I asked them about it, and they just got up. They didn't say anything. They got up, they paid their bill, and left. Okay, first of all, that doesn't prove anything. At best, they trapped a problem lion, possibly. Like, what from that interaction makes you like how is that proof that they are stalking lions in the state of Minnesota? Which would be the dumbest thing ever for one, because the nature of lions is to travel. There's no way you could keep the lions in Minnesota if they didn't want to be in Minnesota. That'd be that's like the worst idea of stalking any creature ever. We just like randomly start dropping lions off in the woods. Like, it's so unrealistic. And the fact that I've heard that story multiple times from multiple people and it's told the same exact way, it's bullshit. It's just bullshit. It's like the old uh, story. I guarantee you've heard this at some point in time. All oh, the catfish in that river are so huge. This guy, no, he was, a, he was a diver and he was working on the dam, which nobody actually does, anyways. But working on a dam and he looked over and this eye was like the size of his head and he came up and he he wouldn't dive ever again. I'm like, shut up, dude. Just shut <laughs> up. But they believe it when they say it though. They say it with such conviction. It's like, how have I heard that same story across the country? It, it's it's I don't know why outdoorsmen do that. Like what it is about to tell these like crazy wild tall tales. And then they they actually believe it. It's the craziest thing ever. But what I say to them is like, listen. We might have a breeding pop. I'm kind of surprised that we don't have a breeding population of lions. I feel like the, like the North Shore is like perfect lion habitat. There's lots of deer. You got rock outcroppings. It's it looks a lot like the West or the Minnesota River Valley would seem to be a good place for lions. How many trail cameras are out there? How many cell cameras are out there? Show me a cub. Just show me one. Actual little tiny litter of spotted up cubs in the spring. Show me one. And they can't. Well, there, there would be your proof. And every time they do get a lion killed in the state or they see it, it's always a young male because they're traveling through looking for new territory. You can say that's part of the conspiracy, but right now, that's all the facts. That's all the data that we have. Your little stories are not data. I just think it's really cool because there have been several
1: recent sightings in south-central and southwestern Minnesota. And
2: And it's possible that as that lion population increases in the Dakotas, that we will see more of them. And maybe someday we will have an actual population but we don't right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, and yeah, honestly, there was a video
1: posted on Minnesota Waterfaller. Uh, kit posted a video.
2: You couldn't see the line, but
1: you could sure as hell hear it in oh, the weeds. Yeah. And according to him, it, it charged him. And, uh, I mean, maybe. yeah, it was, I, I actually listened to the video and I'm like, oh, cause there's nothing in the video. So I had to hit the, the speaker button sure. and I, I could hear it. I'm like, Oh my God. I am jealous of that kid. I am extremely jealous of that kid that he was that close to a lion. God I dang it! I want to be it.
0: charged by a lion.
2: <laughs> I do. I do. I
1: want to get surrounded by wolves too. Uh,
2: that would be, that would be kind of an interesting.
1: Experience. Now lions are. That's you know a mountain lion. That's the only thing that I'm actually pretty afraid of. And if if I'm ever uh, calling coyotes one night and. A wolf comes in. That's just awesome. If three wolves come in, that's just awesome. But if there's five of them and they surround me, I might be a little
2: scared. Yeah, there's gonna be a pucker factor. There you know, for sure. I'm
1: not. I'm not interested in having an interaction with a pack of wolves. But a few wolves or one <laughs> lion would be cool, as <laughs> long as he's acting okay. You I know, love if he's acting weird, one.
2: I don't know that I want to see one charge me or stalk me. I don't know that I want that. But to just sh- see right, one right, off right. in the distance, like hunting, that would be cool. Right, uh, right. Because lions do kill people. It has happened. So, like, yeah, that's, right. that's, a real, that's a real risk. Uh, that's a real thing. There Correct. was a uh, turkey hunter in Florida oh. where this, uh, he basically, you know, he's calling in turkeys and the, he called in a mountain lion. Right. And that's fucking spooky. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't think I want that either. Even though those, uh, I've seen videos too, where somebody's hunting bears. You know, they're in a, a stand, and this like little young bear that they don't want to shoot, all of a sudden comes crawling oh, up, the up the tree. Like, oh, crawls up the hill, yeah, shit. right. Man, <laughs> I'd be puckered up. I'd be pooping brown spaghetti for a week. I think if that happened, I'd be like, oh, there <laughs> we go. This is not good. But yeah, lions are cool. I'd like, to, and I don't know. I probably probably alone on this, but I think it'd be cool if we did have a breeding population of lions in the state. You know, deer hunters are kind of... Oh, you're definitely not alone on that. There's two of us. There's two of us. All right, cool. Hunters and anglers are kind of like this. Um, It's almost that whole, like, nobody can kill them but me mentality. You know, like, um, if we have lions, there's going to be less deer, and then there's less for us to hunt. Okay. I mean, maybe. Maybe. But we have an overabundance of deer right now, so, you know, they just, like, they. it's almost like they want it so easy, where there's they don't even have to work at it. Go out, sit in your stand, punch your tag, be back home. You know, you get that with um, wall anglers. I hear that from wall angers, anglers a lot, where it's like, the cormorants are eating all the walleyes, the muskies are eating all the walleyes, the this there's not enough walleyes because of this 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 we didn't go out and get a limit so sudden so there obviously was some sort of sin committed against us the fact that we didn't limit out on walleyes that we weren't able to kill as many walleyes as we wanted something is wrong with that you know it's fine it's a weird dichotomy for me like they just want this unending supply of resources And even when it comes to walleyes, I mean, that's the most stocked fish by a lot in this state. Like, just millions upon millions upon millions of walleyes get dumped in these lakes every year. And that's not enough, apparently, for them. So, (laughs) I don't know. It's (laughs) It's a weird thing, and that's why they don't like, that's why a lot of people don't like wolves. And, you know, it's not like, I definitely think we should have a wolf season. I don't want to eradicate them. I love that they're on the, the landscape. I've heard them howling up here multiple times. It's the coolest sound in the world. I've seen them on the sides of the roads and I'm driving around. They're awesome creatures.
1: You've you've seen wolves? Oh
2: yeah. Oh yeah. I've I've still never seen a wolf in my entire life. Oh, I've seen, multiple times.
1: I've definitely been in close quarters with them, but I've just never seen them.
2: Oh, multiple times. I've seen them. Uh, I've seen a That's few at awesome. a time. I've seen one at a time. I find their tracks all of the time. Um. Yeah, you come up here and walk around on Pelican Lake and or Minnesota here. Once it's frozen, then you will see wolf tracks, hundred percent. Sweet. Yeah, I, I don't. You could come up here and probably do some predator calling at night. Even if you just wanted to see one, I I guarantee a wolf's gonna come trotting on that lake. You would you would see one for sure. When the was it one season or two seasons we had a wolf season? I think it was two before they shut it back down. Might have only been one, but it, it's not as easy as people think either. You know, they seem to be a lot. Oh, we just lost Phil, and he's back. Last thing
1: I heard was you could probably come up here and do some predator calling at night.
2: Yeah, That's well, the last thing I heard. not even at night. I, well, I think at night would probably be the best, like on a full moon or something. I don't think they travel too much during the day. know well, they might, but point being there's so many wolf tracks out there that you would – if you put some time in, you would definitely see some. But when when they had a season up here, what they found out is it's not as easy as people might think to, like, call in a wolf. Um, mm-hmm. I, in fact, I think trappers are more successful than the hunters were in getting game. Um, they're pretty wary, even though they're yeah, not I think it was
1: I think it was trappers and the houndsmen, actually, mm. the guys that run them with hounds.
2: I could see that for sure, yeah.
1: I think because they had a season recently in Wisconsin and they mm-hmm. had to shut it down because they killed a few too many or something. They killed more wolves than they wanted to sooner than they thought. So they actually closed the season before it was supposed to be over.
2: Well, here's, And I think
1: most of that success was because of the houndsmen were were very
2: successful. Here's how the wolf hunters in Wisconsin fucked themselves. It, they did that. They went over quota. Because they did it on purpose. They delayed the reporting. They delayed their registration because they're like, well, don't, if you shoot a wolf or you trap a wolf or whatever on the first day, don't report it because then they'll shut the season down. Because it was a, it was the season, there was a season length, but then there was also an allotment, whichever came first. Either the season closes or we reach this number of wolves taken. And so all the people in Wisconsin, all the hunters were like, don't, if you shoot one, Don't report it right away. Otherwise, we'll only have a one-day season. So, obviously, they went over quota. And the reason they fucked themselves is, even though the DNR set that limit extremely low, very, very conservative, the total wolves killed, and the fact that they went over quota didn't even scratch the population. But the way that is viewed from the public is that all these bloodthirsty hunters went way over their quota and got the hunt shut down. It's like, I know what you guys are trying to do, but in the long run, you did yourself a disservice. Go in there, be responsible sportsman, take your allotment, show that that was your opportunity. If you're going to claim to be a huntervationist or a conservationist, that was your opportunity to prove that that's what you are. Go in there, abide by the rules, take some wolves, prove that the population is healthy enough to take some harvest, and then you have a strong argument to continue that harvest into the future. But y'all got greedy and fucked yourself, and now there's no wolf season. So, right, I, you know, we got to give credit where credit is due. Y'all got to call people out when they deserve to be called out. And uh, in that example, I believe they 100% deserve to be called out. You know, and there's people up here that, you know, in Minnesota, you hear it all the time. You know, the shoot, the three S's, shoot, shovel, and shut up. Or most people don't even do that. They just shoot them, and I've heard people say, no, you gut shoot them, and then they run off and die somewhere else off your property. Then you have to worry about it. It's like, that's not very ethical. I don't really like that, but I understand why they do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's been going on forever. And that's the other thing yeah. you tell people that don't want a wolf season. It's like, by not having a wolf season, wolves are still dying. You just don't know about it. Like, you could at least give them a legal way to do it. You know, they're not viewed very favorably up here. You can pretty much talk to you. Could <laughs> a, you could do a general poll. You could stop 20 people up here randomly, and I bet 20 of them, well, I'll say maybe 19, will all say they need a wolf Kill them season. All. Kill them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> you might find that one old lady, you know, that likes wolves or something that retired up here from Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, right you, right. you might run into that person, but I wouldn't be surprised if you went twenty for twenty of kill them all. Um, even the conservation officers up here, you know, the tribal conservation up here on the reservation, you know, I was asking him about wolves. He was very guarded, and I was getting a really weird vibe from him, like what the heck. And then once I got to know him a little better, he basically shared with me. He's like, "Well, I wasn't sure where your intentions were when you were asking me that, because what usually happens is people will come up here." people from like the Ely Wolf Center or other activists, Wolf Activists, and they ask they'll ask these questions and the only sound bites they use are when they get somebody, they get a native that is like from the wolf clan, which they if you're if you're wolf clan you you can't hunt them. That's how that goes. So then they use they use that sound bite or they use that headline where oh wolves are sacred and this they're big part of native culture, blah, blah 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 and they just ignore all the other Native Americans that are living up here that want to harvest wolves because there's less deer up here so um, on the reservation uh, tribal members can actually shine deer well that's one of the tools they have available to them but they this is the second year in a row I believe where they shut that down they're not allowing it on tribal lands because there's just not that many deer and they're like we have to manage these predators but you never hear that in the news so when I was asking him about it, he was very guarded at first until he found out I was in favor of a wolf hunt, and then he kind of opened up. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he was like, no, I've given up talking to people about it because they just use our words against us. It's like, I that, see. That just sucks. <laughs> like, where's that news story? I feel like that should be a bigger news story, you know.
1: Yep, I very badly want that wolf belt hanging from
2: my wall. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? And a few people got some when the season was open. There's some big yep, wolves yep, taken, yep. man. I'm, I'm friends with them, <laughs> man. So, do you know much about like how like would the technique of going after wolves be pretty similar to coyotes? You think?
1: Mm. Uh, yes and no. Um. And I have I have such well I have zero experience. You know, trying to call wolves. Um, so yeah, I, I really don't. I'm not really qualified to speak on it just because I have zero
2: experience. You know. Right, right. Yeah, not many people do. I remember when. The all I know started, is I, I want to though. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. There was a there was a story. I read an article um, where they were hunting. I think it was up on Rainy or something like that. Maybe Cabotogama, and they had kind of set up on with their backs against this big rock outcropping and they were calling and calling and calling they didn't see anything and then it was after the fact when they left they'd cut these tracks that weren't there on their snowmobiles and they followed them and these tracks went straight up up on top of that rock outcropping that they were sitting just below and it's like the oh, whole geez. time they were calling these wolves are just up there looking down on them like look at these morons
1: <laughs> yeah so the the guys that seem to kill the most wolves like successfully like maybe some of the guide services and everything up in canada they're just doing bait piles
2: yeah Yep. Yeah. i've heard you know, that like if you shoot a deer you know, okay they're deer.
1: hitting this bait pile why don't you sit in this stand or this blind the wind is right for it mm-hmm. you know that's how they're having most of their success
2: right yeah i've heard i heard that too it's like if you can get a, like a, a cow carcass from a, a rancher or you shoot a deer and you you know, gut it, clean it, and then you take the rib cage and stuff and set it out, use that as bait. That's uh, that's kind of like your your best bet, high, more high percentage. You know, it's like bear hunting in this state. If you couldn't, you know, if you couldn't bait bears, you'd kill five bears a year. Maybe not even that. Because we can't run oh, dogs sure. in Minnesota. Like, the chances right. of sitting in a stand and actually seeing a bear are, like, slim to Just none. Just randomly. I've never right. seen one. I've never seen one sitting in a stand, ever. Ever. Like their sense of smell is on a whole nother level. It's greater than a dog's even, so okay, they know you know it's been described like when you walk into a house and you're like, oh, you're making lasagna, it smells good. A bear would walk in and go, I smell tomatoes, garlic, uh, oregano, butter. <laughs> like they would smell Cooked all on any. a nonstick pan. Yeah, yeah, they they smell all the ingredients and they can smell the the freshness and the age of of it. So like a bear knows when a human walked past and like how long how long ago it has walked past. Right. So, yeah, their their smell is like off the charts. So Yeah, and we have to deal with that if we're trying to call coyotes. Right. Yeah. Yep. Which I need to one of these days. I don't know, we'll see. We've been you and I it still have yet to meet in person, which I think is <laughs> wild and yet hilarious at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um, the fur prices are way down on, on, yes, and so I'm trying something new. Last year I took all my prime Minnesota furs and I sent them to the tannery and had them professionally soft tanned, and I got them back way sooner than normal because they probably don't have any business, so they're like, okay, here, you get them way early this year because we don't have any work. Yeah, I <laughs> thank sold. you for supporting us. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I got them in and I've actually been selling some already. So, sweet. if anyone is out there is interested in a prime Minnesota soft tan coyote, for I have a few
2: left, sweet, that would be cool. I've always wanted to do that, just get you know, I, I would want to do that if I ever went out and shot a yote I'm sure would want to get it tanned. Oh, yeah, for sure, it. yeah, that'd be awesome. I like those old trapper hats too that people make when they have the face of it, you know, oh, right, right. And I've seen one, it was down at uh Bach Fest down in New Ulm, which is an outdoor, winter outdoor beer drinking festival, which seems crazy, but I guess it's oh, a thing cool. Minnesotans do. It was actually pretty fun. Uh, but one guy down there, he had, he had one of those, and it was like full length though. It wasn't just the head and like, so he had like, oh, the legs so were hanging still down. had the tail and everything and they had leg the front legs are hanging down. I think the back legs too it was almost like a big long, like almost like a cloak and the tail was hanging down. I'm like, oh shit, I want that like, yeah yeah <laughs> that would be I don't know it'd be pretty'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah and I've, I've thought about getting
2: you know a coyote fur hat or a fox
1: fur hat you know for myself. But I would never wear it. I would wear it if I ever went ice fishing, but I don't. I don't, I don't yeah, ice fish. Yeah, you don't fish. ice
2: fish. Right, right, right. And that's kind <laughs> well, of what well, I thought. I was like, wouldn't it be kind of cool? Like, that I would just be like you your one. Image. I just want one. Like, everybody would know it's you fishing because there's the guy with the full body yeah. hat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. there would be me. I'd probably get shot cause I'd be out there hunched over looking at my Vexlar trying to get this, you know, and it's just going to look like a coyote out on the ice. You know, I'm gonna have to wear. I wanna have to wear some bright, a bright colored jacket, so people don't snipe me off from their shoreline cabins. Like, the coyote <laughs> out there, shoot it! <laughs> Probably not like the mother-in-law camel during deer season. It was just the old deer hide. Um, that old joke, old cartoon. No, they're pretty cool though. But they're just they're great wall art too. I mean, just to have them hanging in your um, in your house. Like they just. The color patterns on their coat are so cool. Have you ever shot a black one? No,
1: I, I still have not shot a black one. I've I've shot one with a lot of black on it, but I haven't shot in
2: what I would consider a black coyote yet. A true black coyote, that would be pretty dope. That would be incredible. Yeah, that would be pretty wild. There's not many of them out there. You see them once in a while, though. Mm-hmm. They're pretty cool. So when you're traveling around the country, like how do you determine like you do some research like okay i want to hit this spot and this chunk of public land or whatever you just you just pull the rig over and hop out and do a set or how does that work yeah yeah that's that's
1: that's what i do yep yep but
2: then i've got i've got i've got uh you
1: know some private ranches as well oh that's Um, cool but but it's I would say 99% BLM, Bureau of Land Management, mm. actually is what BLM actually stands for. Yeah. It's not that new political bullshit. You know, when I when all the shit really oh. started going <laughs> south a few years what, ago... I didn't
2: even catch that until I was like... Oh. What are you? Talking yeah, I about? They I call saw like else? you know I'd be I'd be driving my semi truck
1: through like the cities where all the riots were going on and everything <laughs> yeah. and this they would spray paint they would spray paint BLM on the on the bridges I'm like what does Bureau of Land Management have to do with this? <laughs> so yeah, and I'm like okay, <laughs> oh, <laughs> whatever. I guess I guess it, I I guess like that it means be, that too.
2: That would be such a funny, like spoof video, whereas like just. Some... <laughs> redneck outdoorsman dressed in camel goes into like a black lives matter thing and just like chums up to them you know it's like oh man you guys are into public land hunt <laughs> public land too huh like yeah totally, yeah what kind of beer totally, you like i'm gonna yeah. buy you one <laughs> being totally naive that it's black lives matter that would be hilarious <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that would be a funny video Ugh. have to try to find some people to recreate that would be pretty phony actually the bureau of land management i didn't even i'd never put those two together that's crazy yeah yeah you say blm and in context the last thing that popped into my head was the the urban blm yeah right right and that is brand new you know so blm to me is bureau of land management
1: it always has been and it always will be
2: there's tons and we're and you know we're pretty lucky in this country to have so much public land access. Like, millions
1: and millions and millions of acres. So much. So
2: like much. uh take it Utah,
1: Wyoming, Nevada. Like, it's it's awesome.
2: It is so awesome. It's pretty wicked. It's pretty cool. Have you been following that um court case with the corner crossers? Do you know anything about that?
1: Nope. Nope. This is all new to me.
2: Oh, I'll give you a quick synopsis. Here's a here's a here's a, a rabbit hole for you to go down. So these hunters, I don't remember the state. It was like Montana, Wyoming or something. But there's a bunch of this, like, basically checkerboarded public land, whether it's oh, a yeah. lamb or whatever. Yep. And then private land right next to it. So the argument of – so this guy had, like, a hunting outfit and kind of what he – I don't know if he advertises it, but in his mind – You know, he's got this land, and there's this, like, basically landlocked chunk of public land that he basically assumes he's the only one that has access to it because he owns the other two pieces of checkerboarded land, right? Well, these Missouri boys, I think they're from Missouri, went out there and corner-crossed. And he had them charged with trespass. Um, Because they had to cross his land, you know, and that, and so it's getting down to like the fine minutia of where does your land stop and the public land begin. Can you hop it? So what they did is they literally brought in, they brought a ladder and set the ladder up, up and over the corner because the guy had like T posts and stuff and fences there. So they just went up and over. And so they never actually set foot on his land the corner hopped but his argument the landowner's argument is that he owns that airspace up to a certain yeah, that's level what I was... yeah so okay. it's just, this weird it's in courts right now like they're 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 fighting it and it's it's always been kind of like a gray area with the law because the first time like i think the dnr came out and they didn't they were like nope you're fine this you're totally good to do that you know and then the sheriff got involved, and the sheriff then had to actually go and give them a ticket. It was It's the craziest thing. The Meat Eater podcast has covered it a lot. Mm. They even had the actual guys on. Um, they had the lawyers on just recently. So it's a really interesting um, rabbit hole to go down because it's like I can kind of see both sides. Um, however, I'm more on the corner crossers side because it's like – You didn't... Taxpayers are paying for that land. That you're the only one, in your estimation, that gets to hunt it. Yes, you're hunting legally in a legal location. So so why... Like, that's not your land. Like, you're claiming it is. And so he's suing them for, like, millions of dollars because, in his his, uh, opinion, it has devalued his hunting operation. Because now... If it's known that people can go hunt this chunk of public land, have access to it, that's no longer like private land. And my argument that is, it never was private. Sure, <laughs> like, sure, it never was. If somebody was rich enough to dr- to have a helicopter drop them in, they could do that. Like it, mm-hmm. it never was private. Access was just more difficult, and like right. And to me, as a taxpayer. And the animals on that public land, I'm like, how dare you assume that those animals belong to you? Like, you don't just get to do that because you creatively bought land. Like, right. fuck you, dude. Right. Like, <laughs> no. Like, if if I had deep enough pockets to do the, the legal battle, I'd, I'd probably go and do it on purpose just to prove a point. You know, it's like, no, you don't get to just. And I, that's, that's been a problem in New Mexico. I just saw an article where. Some, like, ranchers and stuff like that are putting fences across trout streams because they own land on both sides. And so they're, like, they're trying to restrict access. Like, they want to have this private trout stream. It's like, well, it's not yours, dude. Those fish aren't yours. That water coming from somewhere else. Like, you don't get to do that. If I want to float the, this river in its entirety from the headwaters to the finish, I get to do that. This land belongs to the citizens of the United States, not to you, just because you bought land on both sides of this river. And so they're they're starting to crack down on that in New Mexico, which is good. I'm totally on board for that. But bottom line is it's we're pretty fortunate in this country to have just – I mean, all of our lakes are public, right? Just think of that, fishing-wise, like – you get to go everywhere, or duck hunter, like if you're a diver, di- like you get to go everywhere. And it's not even like, I think Americans take it for granted because it's just everyday life, but go to another country, it's not like that. Go to Europe, it's not like that. Almost all of those lakes are pay to play. You might not like fishing and hunting licenses, but that's a small price to pay compared to most other countries. Mm-hmm. They are rich men's sports in other countries, you know. It's just it's just your So I'm going to join you thing, in the ranting right?
1: thing. Do it. Let's I'm going to join you in the ranting thing because that's that's the tone today. Yes. <laughs> uh, it wasn't my tone, but I've been listening to your rant since I picked <laughs> the phone up. So I'm just going to join you cuz I want to get I want to get my punches in too about something.
2: All right, go. Go. And go. I've
1: been thinking I've been thinking for the last 40 minutes or however long like okay, what what can I rant about? And it took me a long time, but I finally I finally found something. And uh, it is thermal hunting for coyotes. Mm. So um, we've been hunting, calling coyotes, fox, all the predators successfully uh, since time began in Minnesota. But it became legal about three years ago or maybe four years ago. And it has brought an entirely brand new onslaught of people who never hunted before. Or at least successfully. Now, now there's a bunch of those people out having success. Um, but the bottom line is, I'm all about freedom. So even though I don't use an AR, I don't use a suppressor, and I don't use thermal, um, I still would totally vote for those things. So I guess it's not not really a rant at not all.
2: Like, well,
0: that's not go really a go
1: freedom. Go America. Yep. <laughs> Like, so wow, there, there it is. There it is. We need to, we need to work friends. on your
2: ranting abilities. All <laughs> right. <laughs> you're right. far too positive for a rant.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're really making me sound like a grumpy asshole right now. <laughs> okay, now it's your turn. I'll let you continue oh, on ranting. I'm done. I think we should wrap this one up. We're, oh, we just touched okay. an hour. Um, maybe... <laughs> do it again when i'm apparently not cantankerous i didn't really think i was but maybe it's just that we haven't talked in so long i had a lot to get off my chest i don't know that's maybe possible. maybe that's possible but no i think i think the state of the state of outdoor recreation is is pretty good there's definitely areas that we can improve you know let's uh, it's just I think it's unrealistic but it would really be nice if we could get a wolf season for sure uh, oh man i
1: would i would quit my job <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't quit. I wouldn't quit. I would just stop going sure, right. until uh, until I got a wolf, and then I would just show right back up. Be oh. like, uh, do we? Do I got to sign some papers or something to get back in here, or what? I, I assume the
0: season, <laughs> if we had one,
2: would be relatively short. So, you might just need like yeah. a small respite from driving truck. Get your oh, oh man, that, that would, would be. And if you didn't get it that season, it better luck next year.
1: And I want to—I want to get my first wolf in Minnesota too, because I've got—I don't. That's your like, best bad I got—I I got a rancher buddy in South. Hold on, South. Where is he? South, East Wyoming, and they have different wolf laws in that state. Mm-hmm. And like we could, um, you know, Kevin and I could go wolf hunting. That's his name, Kevin. Like, we could actually go coyote hunting, whatever, predator calling in southeast Wyoming, and I could call a wolf in and kill it legally on mm-hmm. site, like, without mm-hmm. without any non resident So, like, but I want my first wolf to be in Minnesota. Sure. Well, it, it may not happen, but whatever. The first one that stands in front of me, if I can legally do it, it's done. Yeah, you Yeah, know? if
2: legal, it's your best chance, because I did a little deep dive on this, and I— added up the numbers and Minnesota has more wolves than all of the western states combined
1: oh my god
2: yeah we have anywhere between 3 to 3 to 5 thousand wolves and I think when I okay. added it up Jeez. I think all of the states combined the western states combined and some of those honestly you have to assume are double dipping numbers because wolves cross borders right but I didn't I just took state pack numbers and add them all together and i think it came up to like 2800 or something okay so yeah and <clears throat> minnesota has over 3000 just this state alone i've been up in, i've been up you know calling
1: for predators up in the northern parts of minnesota and i've had wolves respond vocally oh, to me true. and i tried and tried and tried i just want to see one dale yeah, I tried well, so hard to to get one to show face. Now, I'm not sure if one showed up or not, but they never expose themselves.
2: Right. Well, if you spend enough time up here in the Northwoods, even just driving around, you'd see one. Yeah, right, you right. You'd see one for sure. It's, yeah, I, I, I can't say I see them all of the time, but it's to the point now where it's like, oh, there's a wolf. You know, I don't freak out. How many would you say, rough estimate, that you've seen um, in your life?
1: Ten. Okay that's a good number
2: yeah I saw three one time on the side of the road I've seen a couple a couple times and then a handful of uh, solo wolves so yeah I know I'd have to really go back in the Marion banks and try to put them all together but probably 10 or so in my life that's cool yeah so not a lot but you know they're they're pretty more than zero it's more than zero but they're they're pretty um secretive creatures you know they don't like to be seen that's kind of their thing you know right
1: right Right. yeah and the reason we see so many coyotes is because the coyote population is fucking incredible i you know what i gotta i gotta stop for just a second and tell people you know anyone who's been interested in coyote hunting and kind of wanted to give it a try there's never ever been a better time You know, there's never been a better chance at getting a coyote than right now. Like the fur prices are low, so the trappers aren't out. Um, The coyote population is incredible. As a matter of fact, I've only made two sets this year in Minnesota, and I have seen four coyotes, and I've shot at two of them and got them both. Nice. You know, that that's incredible numbers to to call in. You know, you've made two sets and seen four. Okay, that's that's you know, that's not gonna continue. I'm just saying the wolf or sorry, the coyote population right now. If you want to if you're thinking about getting into predator calling, um, and you know, now now is a great, great time, like the the coyote population in the state of Minnesota is just it's through the roof. And that's why people see and hear so many coyotes and they are incredibly secretive and they are incredibly elusive, but there's just so damn many.
2: I just got back from a North Dakota waterfall trip and yeah a couple nights you heard the coyotes cracking off. But I've heard that quite a few times When out there in the spring snowy something, and all of a sudden you see you and you just hear pretty much every coyote in the county seems to just pop off at the same time. It's a pretty cool sound.
1: And I would imagine it's the same in that state. I would say that it's probably the coyote population is probably the highest it's ever been nationwide right now. That's and not, I'm I'm incredibly excited about that.
2: Well, that's not good for ground-nesting birds. Um, it's not good for many prey species. It's not good for fawns, fawn deer. <laughs> right, but somehow the deer population is also the highest it's ever that's been. That's because it's just that many of them. I mean, yep. humans just continue to create the best deer habitat possible. You know. Yes. Every tree that gets cut down creates more edge habitat and white tails have adapted beautifully to human habitation you know they like I, they like the believe, plant things that they like to eat <laughs> they like to give them I believe edge cover. strongly
1: I believe strongly that the the pre, the predator species or the predator population follows closely the prey species so if sure you know the the prey species i think dictates everything if there's lots of prey there's going to be lots of predators if there's not lots of prey there won't be as many predators the prey species dictates the the food source for yeah, the predators. I mean,
2: think about it. Like, you know, with the building houses, you get all that edge habitat. Uh, people have bird feeders out. They're planting shrubs and stuff that bring in deer, but they're all, you know, the bird feeders are bringing in, you know, mice are picking up the mice is spent huge. Gra- spent grain. Look at just our agricultural practices, whatever kind of spent grains. So, all the edge habitat, you're going to have tons of rodents. Um, with that, all the cereal grains that we. Grow corn and soybeans and wheat and barley and oat, all that, all even the dairy farms, you know, because they're feeding grain, and so that's going to bring in a ton of rodents. So yeah, you're going to have coyotes. You know, you're mm-hmm. just you're creating the best possible habitat for them. You know, if this land was nothing but trees, you wouldn't have as many rodents. You wouldn't have as many whitetail because thick woods is not the best whitetail habitat. They like ed- God, that- they like riparian habitats. They like edge habitat.
1: The place that I hunted on Saturday morning, which was Deer Opener, was a very, very low-quality coyote spot. And the reason was because I don't want to go out there and screw up anyone's deer hunt. So I'm just going to go where I know there isn't anyone. Sure. You know, I'm going to go in horrible quality, like, low-quality coyote habitat, deer habitat. I don't want to screw up anyone's deer hunt. So I'm going to go way away from everyone. I saw three coyotes, shot at two, and killed two nice and i was like if i can have this much success like it's out of control like get out there and coyote. yeah Yeah, exactly exactly
2: yeah for sure all right well we'll do that we probably should have a coyote like a, a pure coyote episode at some point this winter that would be fun like a like a a deep dive how to like if somebody is interested in doing that they might be like it's
1: it's entirely up to you because i got all the knowledge and all the experience yeah
2: we'll we'll have to do one of those but let's wrap this one up uh we're over an hour Uh, and i got shit i gotta do today so yep it was good to hear your voice again sir and get back on track and get these uh coming out in a more timely fashion yeah, I feel, nice. I feel as though you're sort of
1: hyper-focused on football right now. So what, once you get that out of your system, then we can have more of these. It's, it's
2: not so much that I'm hyper-focused on that. It's just that's what I have time for. Like, it's easy to okay. crack those up. We've just been missing each other. and when Oh, sh- yeah, we, can, we have been. When we can do a podcast, and a lot of that has to do with the hunting season. So, like, there's been weekends. I'll get your text from you, which just says, ready. And I'm like, I'm in a duck blind. <laughs> like, sure, I sure. I can't do it, you know. So it's – I'm not going to give up hunting and fishing time to do the podcast so it no no it absolutely not it has to fit into both of our schedules and it just we've been missing each other for literally pretty much two months so yep. as those hunting seasons wind down um hopefully we'll we'll hit more than we missed so of course there is ice fishing coming up just around the corner at least i hope it is but we'll make it uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll figure it out We'll keep going but i would like to do a coyote episode i don't think that'd be very good but i'm rambling now so i'm gonna wrap it up okay sounds good be good <laughs> whatever your passion pursue it full scale